All right, welcome back to the Radical Fabulatorium. I'm your host, John Adamian, and that was a band called Muna with a song called Kind of Girl. And I'm now sitting here in the live booth with Catherine Kennedy, songwriter from uh, St. John. How's it going, Catherine? Good, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. A little trouble finding the spot? A little bit. As a St. Johner, I do not know UMB campus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic uh, local FM problem, I think. Fair. You're not alone, so. Yeah. Didn't study here, so <laughs> I have an excuse. <laughs> you have an excuse, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a band you suggested. Yeah. A song you suggested. Yeah. Yeah, so can you tell me a bit about them? They're, we were discussing it a bit. They're kind of like an East, they have some like, folky pop stuff going on yeah i don't know too much about like where they're from or their history but um i discovered them at a songwriters camp last summer um from one of the producers and yeah i really like how they kind of walk that line of of pop east coast folk Mm -hmm. um without it feeling too on the radio mainstream all the time yeah something unique about it cool yeah yeah they seem to blend it pretty well together yeah 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 i like it cool all right, so let's plug your show right away before I forget. You got a show coming up May twelfth. That's this Friday. I do. Yeah, at yeah. the Imperial. Yeah. So you're doing a Bob Dylan like um, um, tribute. You, tribute. Yeah. Cool. Or uh, celebration. Celebration. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Brent Mason puts it on, and uh, this is the thirteenth uh, one. Um, I got to do it with my band last year, and this year I'm doing it with Jamie Como. Cool. So yeah, that'll be Friday, May twelfth. Seven, I want to say. 7 p.m.? Yeah. Okay. At the Imperial. And is it just the two of you doing the whole set, or is there like a bunch of musicians No, there's playing? a bunch. Um, Michaela Degg's going to be playing. Brett Mason's band's going to be playing. Um, Jessica Ray and her band. Um, cool. I mean, they kind of are the wheelhouse of Bob Dylan. She yeah. has her Bob Dylan album, so. Yeah, that yeah. album was received really well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a great show. Cool. Yeah. And there's a Bob Dylan cover on your latest record, right? There is. Yeah. Yeah, true. Make you feel my love. Make okay. I actually I wanted to ask you about was that so the I, it sounds like the production slightly different on that song. Is it yeah. recorded in the same place? It just for my nerdy engineering ears. It was. I'm trying to think back. Um, it was, but it was a very last minute decision. Okay. Like we kind of wanted to put a cover on the album, but weren't quite sure. And it was our last day of recording, mm-hmm. and. Um, Paul Milner, who recorded the album, was kind of like, what what three covers would you pick or what would mm-hmm. be your top covers? And that was one of them. And so we were just sitting in the in the booth and played it live. And I think we, we recorded a take of it and it was like, oh, that's the that's the one. Oh, cool. And so that, that made it on the album. Take one? Take one. I think one? it was take one. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's cool. probably why it sounded different. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I like uh, I wouldn't have guessed it was li- like I would have guessed that the, re- the album was live, except maybe that one was like you did it one one instrument at a time. Yeah, it definitely wasn't considered in in the concept of the album until like, it was a it was an afterthought. Oh, okay, so, cool. Yeah, but happy that we did it. Yeah, it sounds really nice in yeah. the flow of the record. It's definitely one of my favorite Dylan okay. tunes. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I actually don't really know that much Dylan, so there's shame a lot on me. To discover. Shame, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. much. Yeah. I try to get my wife to direct me a little bit, but um, there's too much to go. Every time I put on a record, I'm like, ah, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> there's so many, so many. <laughs> He had so many genres, and yeah, yeah. Every time I go to listen to, um, to something, I'm like, this is another one I haven't heard before. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, I'm going to ask you another question about um, a song I came across. Okay, it's called Glow. So, yeah. With, so I I saw that it was commissioned by CBC. Yes. So you wrote it for them. I did. But it's a new song. It is. And it's your song. 
It is. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, are you familiar with East Coast Music Hours story in the song? Uh, segment? No, I'm not. I'm familiar with the show, but I'm not familiar with that segment. Okay, so they have a. Um, I'm not sure how many times they've done story in the song, but um, they basically commissioned eight um, East Coast songwriters to write a song, and we we're all given the same word. So this year's mm -hmm. word was emerging. Okay. Um, and that's all that they give you is mm -hmm. just the one word and you base a song off of that um and someone kind of leads you through that process so aaron costello was uh kind of my my go-to person to walk me through that and okay um help me kind of learn what production can look like and, and how to lead that cool. um so i got to actually record the song um on the grand piano at the imperial and mm -hmm. that was that was really cool that was a treat it was a sure. treat yeah, yeah okay it was a treat so that was going to be my next question about the production, actually, because it sounds awesome. Mm. Like, I feel like uh, even whatever, I don't know what mic they would have used on your voice, but it everything, like, it, it sounds it more, your voice sounds quite full in that in that mix. Yeah, that was definitely, one of the goals was that we would, you know, create an intimacy, even though we were playing in, like, such a big space, like mm -hmm. the Imperial, especially alone on stage, feels really feels really big yeah um but we yeah vocals and piano were done there and then my uh my bandmate josh mckinley did electric and cool. andrew jackson at a halifax did uh did all the horns on it cool so that was really fun okay yeah and did you record it live like piano vocals at the same time yeah okay yeah yeah it sounds uh like uh do you prefer piano versus acoustic have you figured that one out uh, so obviously you wrote it on piano I don't know about preferred. I don't. I definitely don't gravitate towards it just because it feels easier to play acoustic guitar. Okay. Yeah. But that's me just being lazy in a stage being, plot. Yeah. <laughs> being lazy in a stage plot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I, I do enjoy. Um, I do enjoy playing piano, but I would I would gravitate towards acoustic guitar more. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I was surprised when I heard that song. Like I thought it sounded. I thought everything about. I thought it sounded really strong. Like mm. like. One of the strongest songs I've heard uh, by you per Thank personally. You. So, Thank you. I thought it was really good. I guess I've never released a piano song. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, li I was listening to um, your self-titled record and the EP before it, and then yeah. that popped up, not on your uh, Spotify or anything, it somehow CBC's put it in front of me. Okay. The algorithm cool. fed it to me. Yeah, because it's not even really out anywhere except okay. CBC. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, yeah, I was surprised. I thought it sounded awesome. Thank and you. I saw that Sean Boyer engineered it, or he would have recorded he it. He recorded it. Yeah. yeah. He's been around the scene for a long time. Yeah, yeah. He was so easy and great to work with. Cool. Yeah. All right. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, So you're a music therapist too, right? I am. Okay. Yeah. How, how does does that affect your music at all? Or your writing? And, and, and second, maybe another part, and yeah. you can maybe answer this if you prefer, but did uh, did being involved in music is that one of the reasons why you chose music therapy so you could have a career like a career but still be involved in music you know what i mean yes yeah so music therapy was kind of like how can i have another pathway that's not just performance because i'm not in a state where i can just perform all the time nor did i really want to be you know just in the bar scene mm -hmm. playing late at night yeah and so it felt like a really great mix of um, I also wanted to do something that like worked with people or helped people. So um, it's a great day job. And then I can still write and perform 
on the side to that mm-hmm. um definitely influences a lot of my songwriting um i get to work with so many different people of different ages populations backgrounds um so definitely influences what i write about yeah yeah cool did you do can you like pinpoint change like a change where uh what you thought about writing about change like when you the longer you work with the public or was that you know um like did your philosophy change or like how how you how you viewed like what music could do for people or what like did that change at all hmm i mean i definitely got to see that um like music holds a different place in everybody's life whether it's um emotional or like very much just rhythmic based or encouraging like everyone has a different role that music plays for them mm-hmm. so that was really eye-opening but um like i have some songs that i can pinpoint oh that was based off of like like senses is based off of alzheimer's and dementia okay um but sometimes it's like songs are influenced by 10 different things or 10 different people and it's hard to pinpoint yeah yeah it's like an amalgamation yeah. of some loose ideas exactly yeah abstract thought yeah Okay, it's interesting you mentioned mentioned uh, senses, because I also came across an acoustic performance you did mm. at Marshall Studios. Marshall Studios, yeah. In That's the song you play, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it in a different key? It is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would, to, if I'm being honest, I would like to hear like your whole like if to do an acoustic rendition of your whole last record. Interesting. I mean, they all originated as just me and acoustic yeah. guitar, and it That's wasn't really until we went to the studio that we put in other parts. Like okay. They weren't even pre-arranged, really. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're, it wasn't okay. So you kind of wrote them in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and there's. I mean, the records all nothing again. Like no, totally fine with that. But I, just when I came across that, and yeah. I was like, the key is a lower key, maybe or I think it might be higher. Maybe higher. Yeah. Either way, I was like, man, there's something different. But it, the, the vibe in that mix too is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was. It was a hard, not a hard decision, but definitely a, a shift for me to go from playing all my own because. Mm-hmm that's what i had done for so long and then having having a group having a band um it's a completely different experience yeah yeah and is it the same band on the record that you play with live now yes um josh ended up doing drums on the record because we didn't have clinton mm-hmm. yet okay. um but then when we did the album release clinton joined us and just stuck around cool yeah <laughs> yeah Clinton. yeah he's a great drummer he is he's a guy yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah. is he in on Sunday morning? So I played Sunday morning coffee earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you call that your newest song? Like I know the CBC one's kind of like. Other than CBC, different. that yeah. would be the newest one. Yeah. So would that have the Clinton as the drummer? That one's kind of an exception, actually. None of my bandmates are on that song. Um, I did that song at Nick Fowler's um, songwriting camp, yeah. the Tech Productions, Tech Studios. Yeah, yeah. So I was working with Eric Eubear and Adam Washburn on that one. Oh, Adam Washburn. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. think I just met him at my other part-time job. Oh, cool. Um, was he in a band called, uh, was he in the Playdates? Does that sound right? I know the Playdates, but I I couldn't confidently say yes or no. I feel like he might have been. I feel like that's what, if, if it's the person I'm thinking of. Yeah. Was he friends with Aaron? Do you know Aaron Kyle? I Does don't. That sound familiar? No, okay. sorry. Right. Go down, go down <laughs> Usually that rarely happens in St. John. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I played with him a bit and then we both ended up working at the pulp mill as like, I'm assuming, okay. like, well, got to make money somehow. So, uh, yeah. anyway. And then that's funny, Adam Washburn. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we kind of wrote that one all together. And then that's like a camp he does, or like camp's not the right word, but like a, 
uh, like a thing he does, like a collaboration thing he does every year, right? Yeah. Oh, I think he's even done one every couple of months now. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, for that one, we were all put into, yeah, we were put into a, a pod or in a room and got together in the morning. And by the end of the day, that's, that's what we had. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of whatever comes out. Yeah. Put it to date. Follow it and... Eric um, was kind of he was doing the production and uh, doing a lot of the like lo-fi beats that are in the song that's cool. never been a genre I've explored at all but mm-hmm. um, it was really fun cool yeah that was Eric was that the what was his name Eric, Eric Ebert is that the same person involved in the CBC song that you mentioned earlier Glow? no you mean that played on it you mentioned the, the C, sorry this is getting like That's going okay. back to the cbc song you mentioned someone was like showing you how the production could be oh sorry that was aaron costello oh aaron costello yeah okay, yeah okay. yeah yeah she's based at a halifax and, oh cool. uh, she's awesome yeah she's a singer herself and phenomenal okay yeah can we circle back to that for a second yeah so what do you mean she like uh what like what did she show you or like what did she teach you like how did it affect it um well, she taught me that it's it's okay to not know a lot of things because mm-hmm. I definitely feel very it's a very daunting um, experience to as a songwriter feel really confident in that small area, but then you know you go into the recording world or even just like stage plots and 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 setup like anything tech related and that's um, like a whole nother can of worms. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, she taught me that it's okay to not know everything. It's okay to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and just um, really simple things like how would... Uh, why do I hear this specific sound at this time? Like what could be affecting that and going into what the effect might be. Maybe there's EQ on it or compression or mm-hmm. all the fun fancy words that I yeah. I don't know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, You're talking about something like pops out as you're listening to the mix, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, what's going on there? Yeah. 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 Just like having the language, the vocabulary to yeah. pinpoint what, what it is that you hear. Yeah. 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 That's Instead a, that's of just saying like, what's that little scratchy sound? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good to have that skill set that so you can communicate. Yeah. And it's kind of like, there are rules, like in the studio, I feel like, and maybe you're learning this now, like there's rules, but there aren't, like once you know a few of the rules, you know that you kind of learn that there aren't really any rules mm-hmm. and then you can start to trust your ear more Yeah, and just how you feel about something. Yeah. And I find that approach pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like there's so many different uh, philosophies on, yeah. on recording and they each have their own pros and cons. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of like an art form in its own. Yeah. And as long as you avoid all the major pitfalls... And it's kind and of you're just doing like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it sound good? Then it is good, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting learning about that side of things. Um, so when you're in the studio, did you ever get like imposter syndrome or anything? Especially since you were like uh, you felt out out of your comfort zone in the studio. Definitely. Um, I find imposter syndrome fascinating. Yeah, like I'm like oh, I know that I can write music and I can mm-hmm. sing it too, but. I don't know how to explain to you what I hear right now. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to apologize a billion times. <laughs> apologize, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have the language to explain this, but, and then yeah. go on a 30 second tangent about something. But in all those experiences, the people I've worked with have been really like mm-hmm. understanding and patient and, and want to help. Yeah, yeah. want to want to teach. Yeah. Yeah. The best Everyone has their skill set. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's not, it's not mine. Yeah. Nor is it really something I want to, dive into mm-hmm. like know the basics and that feels good gotcha yeah 
do you ever feel like uh, or have you had had any recording experiences where because you didn't feel like you were comfortable with the language and stuff that slowly but surely someone else was taking control of the process mm-hmm. and not yeah. necess- not in like a malicious way per se no or no anything, but- just to make sure that it goes somewhere yeah 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 definitely that's happened and um sometimes you know that can go so far that you realize by the end of the project that you're not where you wanted to be with it or it's, it didn't turn out the way you expected and um you know i think that happens a lot with art especially mm-hmm. like i can perform something the way i want but it might not be captured that way in a recording and yeah sometimes that sucks and sometimes it's it just gives listeners a different way to to hear the song mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree I'm, I'm reading an interesting book uh by jeff how to write one song oh jeff tweedy jeff tweedy yeah nice so another band i've heard a lot I, about this this book actually. yeah oh yeah have you yeah i'm only about well but it's a pretty small book i haven't um, read it but i've heard it's great it's worth it yeah it seems pretty cool uh he's so uh, wilco's another one of those bands that i'm just like i don't know i don't get it i guess i don't really like wilco um but his philosophy seems pretty interesting mm. and he talks about that how like uh he tries to write and record every day and like in the moment while he's since he's trying to he talks about how the most important thing is just being in that creative space mm-hmm. so he's like accepted the fact that most of his creations the next day are going to be like not bad but they're probably not going to go anywhere but because he got to hang out in that creative space for a few hours the day before it's kind of like all it's it's a win yeah and then once every every once in a while one of his ideas turns into a song that he feels could be arranged and put out to the world right but you know the art he and his mind and he actually talks about how, like, obviously he's in a position of privilege a little bit with his career now. So he's he can be like, it's just about writing music for four hours a day. You know, yeah. that's what it's all about. But yeah, um, and have something to fall back on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he admits that. And uh, but I'm sure I'm sure they, I'm sure they worked their butt off in the beginning. to Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. To get where they wanted to go. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And when you get too focused on the business, it can get a little messy, messy. Yeah. Yeah. Or takes away from the creativity. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, it easily can be a distraction. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you want to? Th- I'll throw it on tune. Sure. Want to listen to a song? Sounds good. All right. I'm going to be selfish and play uh, one of your songs, the song that okay. I enjoy the most. This is my I'm favorite curious. song that which, I've heard. Which one is it? Squatters Rights. Ah, okay. I know it's going way oldie. An oldie. So you recorded this in Halifax. I did. Oh, my goodness, where did I record this at? In Halifax. In Halifax? Yep. <laughs> Did you do it just acoustic to keep it simple or you like you wanted them to be? I think I at that time I was just looking for something that I could send to like event planners and festivals, something that showcased what I could do. And at the time I wasn't with a band, so yep. it was just me and yeah, this was a good snapshot into that. Cool. All right. Well, I'm gonna be selfish and play it if that's all right. Yeah, sure. Because so that's what I want to hear. <laughs> All right, Squatters Rights by Katherine Kennedy. In this old town, what am I to do? I own everything except for you. No dotted line sign my name. At least I can't turn my life away But as time's passed, I've gained some power I've 
of buildings up, planted trees and flowers. Wood town makes you weaker, and town brings you down. It's only on my side, cause I stuck around. And now I've got squatters right on your heart, on your love, on this place, and on you. But not because I own it, because I never left. And anyone could come along, be considered a threat. But I've got squatters rights on your heart, on your love, on this place, and on you. But not because you love me, because you never left. You're too scared to be lonely. What's so wrong with that? I'll tell you. Now I've got squatters' rights on you. This is where the trouble comes You've left me now, but I'm not gone Cause I occupied you for so long That now you can't seem to move along But you'll try and try and you'll try again Move coast to coast and go but I never really had you No, you were never mine It was all a twisted joke Played on you by time And now I've got Squatters rights On your heart On your love On this place and on you But not because I own I never left And anyone could come along Be considered a threat But I've got Squatters rights On your heart On your love On this place And on you But not because you love me Because you never left You're too scared to be lonely What's so wrong with that? Oh, what's so wrong with that? Cause now I've got squatters rights on your heart On your love, on this place and on you But not because I own it, because I never left And anyone could come along, be considered a threat but I've got squatters rights on your heart On your love, on this place and on you But not because you love me Cause you never left You're too scared to be lonely What's so wrong with that?
Now I've got squatters rights. Now I've got squatters rights on you. All right, that was Squatters Rights by Catherine Kennedy, who is still sitting across uh, from me in the live booth here at Local FM. Uh, so that's from her, uh, would you call that your debut EP? EP? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. Four-track acoustic EP. It's yeah. a nice listen. Yeah. Uh, it's called 50-50 Chance. So you can go hunt that one down. Um, so just while that song was playing, we were talking about anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, th- I feel like that's a huge... Do you think every... So some people are born with the gift to perform. Yeah. And like I asked this to Kylie Fox and she was like, no, because she, she grew up in like a performing household, I guess. Right. But I find that anxiety thing uh, interesting because you mentioned you had it when you were starting out. Yeah. But you overcame it. To a certain extent. You still feel it I a little bit? I still get bit? nervous. You still get nervous? Yeah. But less so. Like what would you tell? Uh, so you, you've somewhat overcome it, obviously, because you yeah. didn't give up. Yeah. So what would you tell someone that was in a... That stage you were in at that point like was there something you did to just uh, power through it was it like willpower or you just you didn't have a choice you had to keep performing or what I think it's it's finding you know does it bring me enough joy and happiness to keep going and for me it was like yeah I still love it enough to to push through that and um I think the biggest thing is like finding your niche or finding your environment that's going to feel good like mm-hmm. in my early days of playing like four hour sets at mexi's from mm-hmm. 10 to 2 a.m those were like super anxiety inducing because i was playing to people that didn't care yeah and i didn't well as a songwriter you know mm-hmm. it sucks to play to people that don't care yeah um and so it's like okay i'm going to curate shows that you know maybe there's only 10 people but each person in the crowd is listening yeah and then i'll feel less anxious because they care mm-hmm yeah. yeah, that's an interesting approach. Yeah, because some people want to play in front of as many people as possible, but if I people could care don't, less. yeah, you don't care, right? You'd rather con- the connection. Honestly, like little house parties are house shows are my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's pretty punk rock. That's kind of like a punk rock ethos. <laughs> I have buddies who uh, like they t- they're in touring hardcore and punk bands, and I bet they would say fifty fifty of their show fifty percent of their shows are house shows, mm-hmm. and they're always a good time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fun to play a big stage and it feels good, but mm-hmm. um, probably 90% of like my best show or like favorite memories are mm-hmm. like house concerts or small cafes and getting to like make eye contact with every single person or talk to them after the show because there's only 25 or 30 of them. Yeah. And, I don't know. I, li- I like that a lot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I bet a lot of musicians, I mean, that you would, if the more success you find, that disappears, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. So You're that selling would, out yeah. halls or whatever. Yeah. You don't get to interact with everyone like that. Yeah. So I bet a lot of musicians end up missing it when they, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cool. I'm sure they're having a great time. Sure. You yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's one of those complaining about a good situation. Right. Yeah. yeah. Beauty in both. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Cool. So um, we got a couple minutes left here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious if, have you ever had like a paradigm shift in your music? Like uh, a moment where you either heard a band or you had some moment of clarity where it kind of like flipped a switch and you and you decided to take a different path? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I can't like think of a specific moment or group or inspiration, but I, I do know that there was a time 
time where I realized that just because I've always done acoustic guitar, like folk singer songwriter, doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that's all I can do. And, you know, it's okay to dabble in other genres. I'd kind of created this box around what I was allowed or able to write. Okay. And yeah. so just like we talked about earlier, I think like the rules, it's like once mm. you take away some of the rules, it's it opens up a whole nother, you know, level of creativity so Mm -hmm. i've been having a lot of fun playing around with like r&b a little bit soul and uh kind of taking those influences with folk and figuring out how they can fit together in a way that still feels like true to the art i want to create yeah yeah cool it always seems so easy to just like do what's true to you Mm. like i feel like everyone wants to pursue that or that's probably not true i bet some people don't care about that at all but um (laughs) They okay. do what other people want. <laughs> they do what other, yeah, or they do what they think other people want. Right. Um, that actually reminds me of a on a podcast they were talking about perfection, perfectionism, uh-huh. and how you, that's like usually like kind of perfection. Trying being a perfectionist is kind of like a way to be lazy, but feel like you're like accomplishing things. Huh. Because you're like, oh well, I can't release it till it's perfect. And then they were talking about how there's different forms of perfectionism where like you might be altering what your your output is based on the opinions of others which is like the negative form of perfectionism. And then the other, the positive one would be like you're modifying your output because you're trying to understand and, and learn your process better. So the feedback that's modifying your perfectionism is like uh, for the greater good, you know, for internal growth versus right. like external reward. And I'd never heard of someone like... Big picture. Yeah, I'd never heard of someone like bifurcating. Dividing it. Yeah, dividing uh, perfectionists. I just always assumed it was like a negative a negative right. perfectionism. I guess society, we do kind of put it that way. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Cool. Well, we're almost out of time. It's uh, almost nine o'clock. Well, thanks, gonna for, be, thanks for having me. This yeah, was fun. Yeah, no problem. This was fun. Yeah. Um, so we already plugged your show. We did, yeah. Friday. Um, Friday. Yes, it's Friday. You can get tickets online probably. <gasps> on the Imperial box office And site. that's on or the Imperial person. Box. Okay. Yeah. In person. That's this this Friday. This Friday. May 12th. At the Imperial. At the Imperial. We think it happens at 7 p.m. We think it happens at 7. All right, cool. All right, well, thanks for coming in, Catherine. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. All right, this has been the Radical Fabulatorium. We're going to pick up a song to fade out to. Actually, let's go with the other song you brought. Um, Maggie Rogers. Begging, Begging for Rain. Begging for Rain. Yeah. So, and you're going to see her soon? I am this summer. Cool. And uh, love her. All right, this is Begging <laughs> for Rain by Maggie Rogers.